This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome, everybody, to an off-season edition of Spits and Suds. So great to be with you. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. And joining me, as he always does, EP Ringside, Shap Shots, D Magazine. The name of his book that talks about the Texas and Dallas Stars is We Win Here. He is Sean Shapiro. And many of you have been wondering, like, how come we haven't had new Spits and Suds episodes? What's going on? You know, the fact is, is Sean didn't want to do the podcast with me as soon as he saw the Ryan Reeves deal, which means that I was right. Is that correct, Sean? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, clearly that was the, clearly that's the reason. You got to admit, when you saw that signing, you thought of me, didn't you? (laughs) When when Ryan Reeves got signed for three years, I said, well, we got to wait three years until we can do another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What a deal. I, I just I have to say what a deal. I mean, and for three years, a three year deal for Ryan Reeves. Definitely thought of you right away, man. You know, <laughs> it's so funny because it's like Toronto trying to get over the hump, and that piece that gets them to the next to the next round will be Ryan Reeves. I, I mean, I I made this point right when the when on, I believe it was on Twitter, right when that deal was signed, like. The whole narrative and the story I'm reading about, like, oh, the, the Maple Leafs are bringing in Reeves for this toughness and everything like that. And, yeah, but how many times have we talked about this Stars team needing pushback and they could be pushed around? Ryan Reeves got knocked out of the playoffs this year by the Dallas Stars. Like, that's, like, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, I, if you want to bring Ryan Reeves in as a 13th forward now and for a one year deal, I don't mind that. That's fine. But, right. Brad for living to go and decide I'm going to make a three-year deal for Ryan Reeves. I'm going to make this part of everything for me. Like that's a, yeah, I, uh, that, that's a choice that I would not co-sign. Um, and, and it's I mean, interesting would, because they so. kind of had that last year in Wayne Simmons and he was a healthy scratch at times. So I'll be interested to see. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole Ryan Reeves tangent that we don't need to go on because we need yes. to discuss the Dallas stars uh, off season and get Sean's thoughts as far as uh, what the Dallas Stars did, and I have my own thoughts as well. So let's start with the biggest one. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, actually, two big ones. The re-signing of Evgeny Dodonov, um, which, you know, might have flown under the radar considering what else the Stars signed in the offseason. But this was a player that I was interested to see. Did he go for the contract or did he take less money to stay here in a system that clearly has shown that he can thrive in, and he chose to stay in Dallas. Yeah, I like the I like the Dodonov signing. Um, I liked the trade in season. We saw his impact. We saw maybe even more of a 
reasoning to we saw how much he was missed when he was hurt at the end of the playoffs and in that Vegas series. And I thought it was a really tidy piece of business by the stars and Dodonov to two years, 2.25 per um, brings him back to a coach that he works really well with. I think he got pretty good looking at like how the market played out, Gavin. I wonder, I think he probably could have gotten more year, mm-hmm. more money from somewhere else. I don't know if he was getting the two, but I don't know if he would have gotten the two year deal um, with that term. Like he probably could have gotten like, I mean, Corey Perry signed a $4 million one year deal with Chicago. Like, yeah, that that's, is that, like, like we talked about Ryan Reeves. You talk about ridiculous Corey Perry getting 4 million this year is uh, getting 4 million for, from Chicago this year is, is crazy. Uh but so I think Dadadoff could have gotten something like that if he wanted to go to one of those teams, but wanted to go to a place where he could win, wanted to go to do that, and kind of made the tidy piece of business by him, tidy piece of business by the stars. And uh, what a great, uh, even before another big move, which we'll talk about in a little bit here, what a great little piece of insurance policy as you kind of work your way into some of those young future top six guys moving over. But Dadanov. Yep. Doesn't doesn't mess up your long term plan. Makes your present better. I thought it was a great piece of business to get it done that way. Yeah, yeah. I thought he fit into the system well. I thought I love his corner work, Sean. Um, I love what he did. You know, as far as I thought, I felt at times he had. You know, I mean, when he was playing with a lot of confidence, it was like he had eyes on the back of his helmet. And you know, I just the chemistry of that line was very impressive as well. And um, you know, so when when I look at that deal as a multi-year deal, I agree. It's a great bridge for some of the young guys coming up, but it's also good for Wyatt Johnston, and it's also good for Jamie Benn because the three of them just seem to hit on something. So uh, I really like that a lot. Okay, so then Nashville buys out Duchesne. Duchesne mm-hmm. was a little surprised by that, thought he was going to stay in Nashville. Nashville, obviously, under Barry Trotz now management, is changing um, their style, um, what they want to be, new head coach. So DeShane gets the buyout. We talked earlier on the podcast about a potential suitor buyout, but that didn't happen, and then the Stars grabbed Matt DeShane. This was kind of – now, the Stars have a history. Jim Nill has a history of – looking at players coming off of buyouts, um, the Ryan Suter himself coming off a buyout, uh, Corey Perry came coming to Dallas after a buyout you have. And then Duchesne was honestly, it was of all of the, uh, there's a lot of culture shedding, changing moves for Nashville this year, but there was also a lot of uh, cap shedding moves. And basically Barry Trotz is deciding that I'm kind of ripping it all down and rebuilding it here. And Duchesne probably was someone who shouldn't have been available, and he does become available and is arguably one of the best offensive pieces available in a pretty overall weak free agency market. And stars get it done for one year, three million. Like this is this is this is a big win for Dallas, the, this signing, the Duchesne signing. It's um a guy who is two years removed from a great offensive season. Still had still put up offensively last year on a really poor Nashville team, comes in and just kind of creates so many different just adds to a bunch of different combinations you can put and figure out in the uh within 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 your top six. And 
once again, another deal that doesn't block the long-term vision, doesn't get in the way of anything, and just adds that depth, that second, adds more and more to that secondary scoring that this team will need if they want to win those those additional five games, or the, sorry, the additional six games they were missing in the playoffs this past year to, to win the whole thing. Um, for me, the Duchesne signing, like you look, you're taking around the league and you're looking at how teams built. I mean, Dallas may have made, this may have been the best move of the, in the UFA class of anyone, uh, 3 million one year for Duchesne. I mean, that's, that's, that's a steal. I mean, I t- mentioned Corey Perry making 4 million for a, a year before for Chicago. I mean, to get Matt Duchesne for 3 million for one year on a contender, this is, this is one of the best moves of free agency class by anyone across the league. Last couple of years, he's been really healthy. Um, 78 games in 2021, 20, 71 games. I mean, you look at the points, like you mentioned, Sean, 56 points last year on a low-scoring Nashville team, 86 points the year before. Too early to project where he's going to be, but I would guess it would be on that second line. Yeah, I think there's a different, couple different ways I could see it playing out. I could see him playing. You could see him on a second line maybe with with – with uh you could see maybe with a Ben and Johnston, but then again you could see Dadanov there. You could see maybe you could make make it maybe him and Sagan running together on on a quote unquote third line that's really intriguing. Um I think the best part about this is this fits so well with Pete DeBoer's vision of it's more of a top nine than a top six. And I think that's one of the, the, this move kind of fits so well with that. Um, And so I think just kind of call him a second line player, third line player. I don't think the stars are structured so rigidly that way where you can use that distinction right now. I think he is definitely, we, there's clearly a first line, but he is definitely on, if we use that as the, I think, I think the stars this year are going into a spot where I think they can be structured as a team with, an A line, two B lines, and a C line. I think that may be the best way to look at this team instead of saying one, two, three, four. He fits onto obviously that A line being the Robertson Pavelski hints. And then the B line, however you want to structure it, he fits really well into one of those B lines, whether you want to call it the second line or the third line. And I love the different ways you can play with this. You can figure out what works, figure out what doesn't, and you can move things around. And he's a finisher and he can score. This is another. This is another piece that 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 is really going to help Dallas, I think. So I, I like it a lot. So there was, and maybe, so I was thinking this, because Duchesne signs the same amount of money as Max Domi, who agrees to mm-hmm. a deal in Toronto, $3 million. I guess the question is, Sean, I'm wondering at the time of the Duchesne signing, if Domi's camp thought that they'd get either a multi-year deal or a little bit more per year. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure from what I've heard, Domi's camp at the time of the Duchesne signing was still looking for larger term and yeah. larger and larger dollar amount. And that's something where ultimately was not available. Right. Um, Which I, by the way, I, I don't it, think they yeah. misjudged the market. A lot of people said, well, they misjudged the market. I don't, I don't know. I I had Max Domi as a multi-year deal with a club. A, a lot of people did, and I, I and I think I think there's two things about this deal about not re-signing Domi 
that work really well for Dallas. Um, I don't know how well. So like Matt Duchesne, right? You bring, you bring Matt Duchesne in and it's a one year deal. And if it doesn't work, and because some deals don't work, if it doesn't work, you just move on from it at the end. Max Domi, well, I, I think he definitely showed himself in the playoffs and everything like that. Um, you bring him in, even if you brought him in on a one-year deal like this, there becomes a ton of internal pressure to, to re-sign him and get it done and re-sign him in the middle of the season that I think you're not going to have with Matt Duchesne. And if Matt Duchesne is a multi-year player in Dallas, that's great. If you earn, if you earn, if, if that becomes the fit, that's amazing. Um, just like how Joe Pavelski came to Dallas originally and people thought that was going to be one deal and done and yep. it's continued. I, I think Matt Duchesne works much better with the long-term plan than signing Max Domi would have been because Duchesne is going to be a year, maybe two. Domi was going to be someone who wanted more, someone who you were going to have to make that investment and commit to him as part of the core for 25, 26 three years, uh, two seasons from now. Sorry. It's a weird time to record this, right? Like we're in July. So not that, but like so three yeah. seasons from now, but really two seasons from now. And I don't know if I want to commit to anyone like that. Who's for, I, I would, I don't think I would have wanted to commit to Domi like that for three years. And um, so I think Duchesne ended up Duchesne falling into their lap like this is like, it's one of the best possible things. Yeah. It's, it's really well done. You're listening to Sean Shapiro. I'm Gavin Spittle. It's Spits and Suds, the off-season edition, as we go over each free agent that the Dallas Stars signed and a couple of interesting signings that might go under the radar for now. 25-year-old Sam Steele becomes a Dallas Star on a one-year deal. 25 years old, as I mentioned. Career-high 10 goals, career-high 18 assists for the Minnesota Wild. He comes to Dallas. Tell us about Steele and what he brings to the table. Not the biggest guy, but I like his yeah. chippiness. Yeah, I like Sam Steele a lot. He is one of those guys who um, you may remember him from. He, he played with he played with against Dallas in the playoffs with Minnesota. Uh, he was a pretending RFA, a restricted free agent that Minnesota did not qualify for cap reasons and. Uh, because he would have had uh, arbitration rights, I believe. And uh, either that or was his qualifying offer. I'm, I may be getting that mixed up. I, either way, the Wild did not qualify, did not keep him for cap reasons. And uh, so Dallas basically gets an opportunity to take a flyer on a good 25-year-old player who plays physical, brings good energy, has a little bit more offensive, has a little bit more offense there than I think people realize. And... I think this really allows the I think the steel signing is part of a real changing of the guard of the personnel reflecting the fourth line Pete DeBoer wants. Um I think Jim Nill is as a GM has always worked to kind of build roster construction to fit his coaches as opposed to forcing his coaches, but sometimes that takes time. So I feel like DeBoer last season was working with at times more of a Rick bonus or Jim Montgomery type lineup with Luke Lindenning, Luke Lindenning there, who was fine, but Luke Lindenning was a clear checking line role player. The stars had clear checking line role players. Pete DeBoer wants 
four lines that basically do the same thing without the specific checking line role. And Steele comes in and gives them an opportunity to be a little bit more offensive, be a little bit faster, play with more speed on that fourth line. And uh, I, I like it a lot. It's it's another one of those where I just keep, I think the work the Stars did at forward on free agency is is really impressive. And I wrote a lot about this uh, last week in D Magazine, where by bringing players like Steele and you're taking some smart bets and you're also bringing players in who can thrive in that role, in that fourth line role, where they're not the old, like the gold standard for, in Dallas, right, was the Foxa, uh, Como, Cagliano line, that people, that old FCC line, where you're not building a fourth line that has to do that, where instead it's a fourth line that is annoying, pestering, but plays with speed and can put the puck in the net. And I think a guy like Steele comes in, his transition game's pretty good too. Um, I think this is a signing where people are going to, this is one where obviously, and rightfully so, Duchesne is going to be the big name that people are going to think about and everything like that. But I think Steele is going to be that guy where come early November, early November and stuff like that, the uh, early November people will be, people will look at the, uh, will look at the Steels, be pretty happy with this guy as a member of the Dallas stars. I think the key word for this off season for the Dallas stars is depth because another yes. signing they made is veteran Craig Smith who's played for the Bruins and several other teams, but, you know, just a just a solid forward um, who can give you uh, quality minutes, score you some goals every once in a while. But, I mean, that when you look at the fourth line, I got to be honest, Sean, if I'm Mason Marchment, I have to have a good season. I think this is going to push, push Mason Marchment because, I mean, look, we have, we have Duchesne now. So does Mason Marchment move down? And where does he move to? I mean, you could be looking at, and I don't think this is the case based on four point, I'll give you 4.5 million reasons why this won't be the case. Yeah. At least the start of the season, but you could be looking at a fourth line of Foxa, Sam Steele, and Mason Marchman. Yeah. Is that, is I mean, that crazy that, 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 to that, think that? No, it's not crazy. I mean, it's, as you said, too, Marchman is, his contract is contracts make jobs now many, yeah. in many ways. So $4.5 million contract um, Marchman's going to get the extended opportunity to do this. And the Craig Smith signing, I like the Craig Smith signing. I do too. And I, I know. And it's, I, I like it from a level of it's million dollars. Doesn't really impact your cap too much. Um, I, I see people keep trying to like build and figure out these these forwards groups, like I keep seeing these stories and everything like that about like, oh, who's the 13th forward and who's this and everything like that. Um, I, I think in today's NHL, I, I, I don't think that 13th forward conversation matters until the playoffs, honestly, um, because it's such a such a physical game. It's a long season the amount of players that actually play 82 games a year is so few that I think trying to like figure out, Oh, who's the odd man out on the fourth line. And yeah, like, I got to remember right. Like Ty Delandry is unsigned right now. So they've yeah. got 12 forwards. Si- they got 12 forwards signed and Ty Delandry is an RFA and we'll assume Delandry gets done. I would guess probably around, 
I would guess like if I'm, and I'm literally just guessing here, I would guess Delandria probably gets done for about probably two years, 1.5 million per that's, that's me just ballparking it right now. So if we assume that's going to happen with Delandria, like people will be like, Oh, who comes out of the lineup, whether it's in that fourth line, I, I think for the regular season at the NHL, it's to try to figure out 13th forwards and stuff like that. It's kind of a faulty discussion to have because very few teams don't stay healthy. Guys get hurt. Things move around. So you need to be for, you need to be 13 to 15 forwards deep for regular season success. And Dallas was that And Dallas is that I believe. And so that's what a guy like Craig Smith comes in and he's, whether he plays on opening night or like, I bet even, even if he's quote unquote 13, right on the depth chart, still play 65 to 70 games in the year. And he's a player who is, comes in as, as a, I think as a little bit more offense than people realize and is a, another player too, where if he is that guy that comes in and out of the lineup, depending on how things shake out, I talk about this quite a bit where I think there is an element that people often forget about some, some players have the ability to come in and out of the lineup and play their game right away. Um, Joel Hanley, for example, has that ability where he's a guy who he could, he will play the same game. If, if, if he will play the same, if there was an NHL game right now on Tuesday, July 11th, Joel Hanley would play the same exact game he played that he would play on November 15th if he had just played 10 games in a row. And I think Craig Smith brings a little bit of that element to the forward core where he could play a lot, but if you if he's sitting for two weeks, you're not worried about Craig Smith coming in and playing his game uh, after that. And I think he brings, and I think that's a vital element to how you construct a forward core in today's NHL. So it's, uh, I, I, I think the forward core is really well constructed to contend and it's, I know, and we can, I don't know if we want to have this part of this conversation now, or if we want to, or if, or if we want to have it after we talk about the defense, but this forward core is also constructed where it doesn't get in the way of Maverick Bork and Logan Stankoven winning the job if they win the job. That That's the other thing. And it doesn't get in the way of that. I know people, sometimes people will look at, signing a veteran player and think, oh, you blocked Logan Stankoven or or your back Bork and everything like that. And I think I think this if they come in and they win a job, then you can move other pieces around and you make it work. I think that's fine. And this also gives you space to not put all the pressure on those players to win the job. Because I thought that like to be clear, I think I think Stankoven's gonna be great. I think he's gonna be a great long term star. But I think he's getting, I think a lot of people are putting too much pressure yep. and expectation on him being Wyatt Johnston next year. And yeah. that's not, that's not fair. And I think with this roster group, I think you're at a spot that if they win a job, great. If they don't, the show in Cedar Park is going to be fun to watch yeah. and then they'll move in and they'll work their way up. Like I, I, I think the stars have built, when you look at a forward core, and you look at the teams across the league and how how they're done. It's hard to find the Stars forward core got better, and a lot of the other teams. And I'm just using the Western Conference for this. 
a lot of the other teams left to contend with, I don't think anyone else improved the way Dallas did. Um, Vegas got worse by because of the cap casualty of losing Riley Smith for like, I, th- I think it's, I mean, they picked basically Ivan Barbashev over Riley Smith. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I don't disagree with that decision. I disagree with their goaltending decision to give Aiden Hill 4.9 million, but, yep. Agreed. Um, but, but they're, but they're, but they're, so they'll be a little bit, their forward core will be a little bit weaker. Colorado, I think has made some interesting bets with, with their forward core bringing uh reuniting uh Drouin and uh, McKinnon to try to rekindle some of the old Halifax Mooseheads days. It's mm-hmm. going to be an interesting project, but it's, it's a project. I think, I, I, I think the stars forward core one through 13, one through 15, however you want to say it in the Western conference, you can confidently say it's one of the best, one of the best cores forward cores in the entire Western conference. So and do you have any worry yeah. about Delandria signing back with the stars? Granted he is protected by the stars, but right now you have, as of today, you have $600,000 basically in cap space. So you will have to make some kind of move. And like you said, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, that the cap does not hit until the regular season begins. Correct. Correct. And it's, um, I think, you look the other the other key that you should just just remember too, like if you look, I'm looking at cap friendly right now. It's the stars currently have uh, what five eighty two yeah. in projected cap space right now. They have um, they have Gavin Bayruther on the roster on cap friendly, and Gavin Bayruther is making seven seventy five. I Gavin Bayruther is a there's two there's two elements to this one. Either Gavin Bayruther will be starting the season in the AHL or Yanni Hockenpah will be on LTIR to start the season. So I'm not really worried about Ty Delandria getting done on this. So I think it's, I, I think something will be done there with Ty Delandria and I think it will work itself out on the defense where if Hockenpah is ready for opening day, Gavin Bayruther will be waived and be a veteran down in Texas. If Hockenpah is hurt, they can use uh, they can use LTIR to get them on, and uh, and they can there there are mechanisms that they'll be that they'll be okay, I believe. Okay, and that said, we will jump yeah. to Gavin Bayruther now. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What I like about this signing is 51 games with the Columbus Blue Jackets has NHL experience. To me, that's a quality depth signing where it's not going to be the best situation, but if your decor gets hit hard, you have a guy, say he's in Texas, that has a lot of NHL experience that can come to the table and fit in. And um, a lot of experience with the organization, too. Yeah, Remember, absolutely. Gavin Bayrou, there was a former Dallas former Dallas. Was a big signing star. at the time. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was the. I mean, he was out of the college free agent signing, right? True, but I mean, it was every, a score. Yeah. So many said it was yeah, a yes. score for the stars. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Every, but I, I, it's it's one of those funny things where every single year the college free agent signings, it's we all get worked up and excited about a guy <laughs> picking a team, and really, it's something to be excited about at a time when, like, 
a lot of those college free agent signings, many of them become guys like Gavin Bayreuther that are just nothing more than depth players, not right. bad, just free prospects you add. Um, and so I, I, I like the Bayreuther signing coming in from the comfort, comfort level with the organization, a guy who I think makes Texas a lot better as you're trying to bolster that team can play in the NHL and, uh, and, and, and can be a good be a good depth guy and, and be a good organizational depth guy. Um, it's, it, it, it works pretty well hand in hand with, I, I honestly, Gavin, I'm, tell me if your thoughts on this, I'm surprised that the other one, and I'm, I know we're jumping around a little bit here, but I'm surprised that Joel Hanley ended up taking the hometown discount to stay in too. Dallas. I, yeah. Like I, I, like I know for a fact, um, that there were offers for there were offers he took the hometown discount he took the hometown discount on both money and role that's something that normally doesn't happen right mm-hmm. like sometimes you'll hear a guy takes a discount on on money um or they'll take a discount on role but they're getting paid a little bit more but like Joel Hanley took the discount of willing to be basically number 6/7 in Dallas took some less money where he could have gone to a place like Anaheim. He could have gone to a place like Chicago. He could have gone to a bunch of other places and made some more money, but just really that I, I Dallas was the only place he was willing to take this type of deal. And, uh, that is the perfect number seven. Like he is like, he could come in and play. He can, and everything like that. Like it is the perfect number seven defenseman. And, uh, I'm I'm credit to Joel. I mean, you could see like when a guy resigns, you see, you sometimes see on social media, the, uh, <laughs> you ready for something funny real quick Gavin, yeah, yeah. while we're, while we're recording this, uh, Dennis Gurionov just signed with the Nashville predators. Oh, literally while we're, while, while we're recording right now. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, listen, when you put that tree branch yeah. <laughs> out there, I need to comment. I yeah. I was genuinely surprised that Montreal did not re-sign him. I believe it was a qualifying. I believe yeah. it was an RFA thing. I believe it was an RFA cap thing. So it's uh, but yes, as as we are literally uh, recording right here, this Denis Skiryanov goes to goes to Nashville. So see him in the division next year. Um, but where are we? We're on Joel Hanley, and yeah. Joel Hanley is the. A lot of times when you see players get signed or re-signed, you see players react on social media about other guys. Like it's to me, it's pretty notable of how much the Jake Ottingers of the world, the I think it was Tyler Say, like the amount of like you don't get big name players typically reacting to depth defenseman signings. So I, I think that shows a pretty good idea of what Joel Hanley means to that group and where he's in the locker room and, and how much he kind of fits well for that group. Like you talk about good room guys and Joel Hanley is that guy. And, um, you know, he could have chased bigger, bigger role, bigger money. Um, and instead decided he wanted to kind of stick with what's worked for him and worked for the stars and more power to him for it because it's, uh, I think I think he'll continue to be he'll play this year. Um ideally he's not playing in the playoffs because others have emerged in within the defense score and, and what we'll talk about soon here. But 
in general, this is a that on the defensive signing. I, I like that. I like that move on the defense signing because that's a move you shouldn't have been able to make. Correct. Based off what everything else I heard. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about Joel Hanley's career and uh, it is at this time, you know, it's great to take a step back and say, you know, congratulations, Joel Hanley. You earned this. You truly did. I mean, you every single one of the things we talked about throughout the playoffs is do we think Joel Hanley was a top six defenseman? No, we didn't. But every single time he was called upon and we have to hit upon the point, it is so tough to sit and then not only come in a regular season game, but come in and make a difference in playoffs like he did. I mean, replacing Colin Miller like he did a few times. That to me, you know, I mean, congratulations, kudos. Thank you for taking the hometown discount. I mean, he truly, I liken him, Sean, to a Jordy Ben, where this guy has fought for what he's earned. And sometimes we don't appreciate those guys enough. We look at the superstars and you're right. The fact that, so much social media love was coming his way. I think that probably played a factor as well as far as the star's interest in Joel Hanley, as far as, you know, I mean, because you do have those new players coming into the room and everything like that. So seems as though he's a solid fixture as far as the guys really liking him. And, and it's the, uh, the stars are a big, big culture room. We talk about the, it's one of the reasons Jamie Ben's actions it's one of the reasons Jamie Ben's actions in that game against Vegas game three against Vegas tanked them so hard. They follow Jamie Ben wherever they go, but when things are going well, they really are that type of group. And Joel Hanley is one of those players that makes up the fabric of that room. I mean, and the other thing I like about the other good story about Joel Hanley, and it's, just, it's a sad story, but, a, but it's a good story is Joel Hanley now, uh, he wears number 44 and when Hanley was 19 years old, and I know this story has been out there before, but it's always a good, it's always a nice thing to remember. Um, and, and, and just of what it means. Cause like you sometimes look at numbers and, and some guys just wear a number for whatever reason, but um, Joel, Joel's older brother, Jordan uh, was killed in, in an accident when he was 23 years old and Joel was 19. And that's why Joel wears number 44. And uh to kind of you look at kind of like it's I've talked to you've talked to I've talked to Joel Hanley about it before, obviously a couple of years back, and and a lot of the way he plays, a lot of the way he approaches life comes from his brother. And so when you mention congratulations on his career and how he's earned this and everything like that, it's also a big reflection of the family. And I think it's it's something that uh, is, is always kind of cool to me when you see him wearing 44 because you know a little bit of that reason behind it and kind of what he's carrying with him too. And finally, the Stars signed on the defense uh, side, uh, kind of a, a traveling defenseman, so to speak, was a high pick at one time, Derek Pugliot. From, uh, this is more of a this is more of a Texas move. Yep. That's way more of a Texas Absolutely. move. Um, he'll, uh, I mean, he'll play NHL preseason games. He'll but he'll be, that's more of a Texas move to kind of help. Um, they've got that, that Texas team is going to be very interesting this year yeah. because you'll have, uh, you got some young kids down in Texas that are going to be, I believe Liam Bixel is going to take the jump this year to North America. Uh, Artem Grushkinov, Grushnikov, sorry, 
is going to be a full-time AHLer this year. Um, you're going to have, I think Kairu has to go back to junior for another year. I believe I have to double check that. Uh, but you've, I've, you've, but you're going to have some young pieces of that core. And so between Petrovic, Puya, mm-hmm. uh, Rosberg, those guys are going to be important to helping the young Texas defenseman take that next step and, 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 and kind of, um, help them over. So it's, that's one of those signs signings where I know some people will look at it and be like, why would you do this? It's, it's to help the organization in the long term because those, those guys are so vital to helping the AHL team take that next step. Yep. And as we talked about on an earlier podcast, Matt Murray resigns. So mm-hmm. um, they do have some goaltending depth. Uh, so it's been a very interesting I, off season. Yes, sir. I was going to, on the goaltending depth real quick, I would be, and I was, I don't know. It's the inter- obviously that the cell would be the interesting on this. When you look at, we talked about the defensive signings and we looked at the, the forward signings, but when you look at some of the guys still available on the market, um, and Alex Stalock, uh, Yaroslav Halak, would you feel better? with one of them as Scott Wedgwood insurance, as opposed to Matt Murray. That is a great question, my friend. Um, Boy, I would say yes, based on games played. However, I have to admit, and you might differ. I was impressed by Murray last year. I thought that, played well for Texas throughout the year, was their go-to guy, and in the times that he came up on short notice, I thought he played well. Um, but I would have to go with a stay lock, a more proven uh, netminder who's been in the show. Either that or a uh, – the other one that pops to mind on there too, and it's, I just don't – I don't think he's going to be – I don't think he'd be willing to sign a deal to be a number three. Um, but – Martin Jones is still a UFA too. Yeah. And uh, I, I just look at the Dallas situation and we look at the goalie situation. And I think we saw, I've said it on this podcast before we saw Jake Ottinger. He played too much last year and the biggest issue wasn't his health. It was Scott Wedgwood being unhealthy and the team not really being able to trust Matt Murray. Um, so I am the more and more I think about it, from a star's perspective, I look at, I think, I think Remy Poirier has a chance here, but I also think Remy Poirier is only 21. And I look at Remy Poirier as I wouldn't mind Dallas reaching out to those kind of UFA goalies that are still out there, thought they'd have a job by now and don't reaching out to Martin Jones, reaching out to Staylock, reaching out to Halak. Um, reaching out to even even a Brian Elliott, who I think will retire, but he technically hasn't yet. Reaching out to one of those those guys and being like, "Look, would you be interested in joining us in kind of that number three role, where you can go to Texas, share the net with Matt Murray? Um, we'll send Poirier down to Idaho so he can be a guy and play sixty five games as a starter, and then I feel a little bit better because maybe." Maybe you need that guy. Maybe you need a Yaro Halak when there's an injury. Maybe Matt Murray outplays him and you don't need him, but then you still have him. So I I, I would, 
if I was Dallas, I would be ringing the, those, those goalies agents phones just to start putting the feelers out there and be like, look, we're going to need a number three. We want you to come in and push Matt Murray. And if you're out playing him, you'll be the guy. If not, you'll still play in Texas and we'll give you, we'll work out a good NHL, AHL deal. We could, you could even do one. You could create one of those. Like you could even do the one way where for seven seventy five or whatever, where they could get the one way even to play in Texas. I, I think that's an insurance policy that the stars need to invest in because you can't have everything fall apart and you can't have Jake Ottinger's game correct fall apart because you didn't make that move now. I think that is one of those moves the stars still need to make because I I don't if Matt Murray's down in the AHL and he's out playing Yaro Halak or out playing Staylock, great, he's the guy. But if he's not out playing them, I can turn to Halak or Staylock. Yeah. I would I would so this is where this is where I would be if I'm Dallas, I'm I'm making those calls to see who is still sitting here on July 11th as we're recording this without a job and would be interested in, in, in that because I think that would be savvy and it's the and it would be essentially insurance. Why do you get insurance? You get it for when you might need it, and if you don't use it, fine. But if you do, you'll be happy you made that call. And I also wonder if the Staylocks and Jones will be waiting until NHL training camps begin to see who comes up with the injury so they can get signed too. They could, but I, I also think there's a bit of a carousel that starts to, to play itself out where I think you want to get in as a goalie in that space. I think you want to get into a spot where you're at least playing preseason games. Yeah. I think you want a chance to, because just betting on an injury um, could be risky too. Yeah, so. yeah. 